episode of Bank Statements, FHL Bank Topeka's podcast series. I am Jesse Homerding, and today we are getting reactions yet again from this past Wednesday's, Wednesday's FOMC meeting here with our returning guests, Stephen Townsend and Sarah Harp from our Capital Markets team. Hello and welcome back so soon. Hey, Jesse. Love to be back. Good to see you. All right. So let's just get right to it again. Um, let's get your reactions and maybe let's start with a recap of the meeting from you, Stephen, and then we can get some of your reactions to it from both of you. So this week on February 1st, the FOMC moved the Fed funds target range up to 4.50 to 4.75%, just a 25 basis point hike from the prior meeting, but still up from zero to 0.25 a year ago. So again, cumulatively 450 basis points in a 12 month period. Um, but this 25 basis point hike is the smallest hike since March of last year, since the Fed began their hiking campaign. So certainly a deceleration um, in the rate of increases. Other related short-term rates, such as interest on reserve balances or IORB and the overnight reverse repurchase rate or RRP, each moved up 25 basis points as well. Uh, a couple of days into this, we see Fed effective has been settling in at 4.58, a clean 25 basis points up from prior to the Fed meeting. So a nice sort of the market kind of digested it very well from a Fed funds perspective, trading at the same level within the range. Um, so, you know, pretty, pretty clean meeting as far as what we sort of expected in the market anticipated. Um, but maybe Sarah, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the Fed statement itself and kind of how the market interpreted that. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so Stephen, when, when we discussed the December FOMC, we kind of came back to this theme that the market seems to have selective hearing and that still seems to be the case. Powell and co are really trying to trying hard to avoid speculation regarding a rate pause. For example, they left unchanged the guidance in their post-meeting policy statement that has said since last March that they anticipate ongoing increases in interest rates will be appropriate. Yet, we still saw an aggressive market rally cut to the strong jobs report that was just released today, and the market has walked that rally back. Yeah, so I think... You know, the Fed statement itself was a little, maybe a little bit softer, but you're right. They didn't take out some of that key language around where they expected it to go. So what the Fed had from their December dot plot of a 2023 sort of terminal rate of 5.125, uh, Powell didn't seem to be backing off that much. Not at all. Yeah, I heard during the press conference them ask if uh, some of the reporters asked if they planned on taking a pause or thought it was possible even in March. And he keeps saying, nope, not going to do it. So <laughs> and um, I thought it was really interesting him say one of the quotes from Chairman Powell was, I continue to think that it's very difficult to manage the risk of doing too little and finding out in six or 12 months that we actually were close but didn't get the job done. Inflation springs back and we have to go back in. So, I mean, he they are not backing down on this. Yeah, I think one thing that I've thought about since the press conference and we've digested some other market research and, and thoughts on it is, you know, the the statement itself, like Sarah mentioned, kind of maintained the same level of outlook. But when you listen to Powell and you listen to market reactions of the press conference itself, it sort of shifted a little more dovish in stance. And by dovish, um, we mean in a way that implies maybe fewer hikes going forward. So while the state the the FOMC statement itself stayed pretty rigid, 
um, the actual conversation, some of the questions, you know, he at least sort of backed it off maybe a little bit. And I think to Sarah's point, that might have led to some of that um, rally the other day that we saw um, in, in longer term interest rates. I know we don't like dealing with hypothetical questions, but I do have to ask if the strong jobs report that we just had would have come out pre-FOMC meeting, would we have seen a 50 basis point rate hike? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. And what's really interesting to me is despite the strong jobs number this morning and the sell-off in longer term rates steepening the curve a little bit, what we didn't see is the terminal rate really move much. When we look at Fed funds futures, Yesterday, it was about 4.9, 4.93. Today, it only moved out to 5%. So despite a really strong jobs number in labor market, you know, it doesn't really seem like the market has even given the Fed credit in the short term for getting up to where they think they might get to. So Jesse, that gets back to your thoughts and comments from the press conference is you know, how much conviction does the FOMC really have to keep pushing? I... Um... I did think it was really interesting since what we, we saw in November and December, them talking about a softening labor market and the possibility of that. And it does not seem like that's happening at all <laughs> with today's jobs report. Yeah, I mean, 517,000 new jobs added versus 188,000 expected. Hours worked increasing, unemployment rate dropping. Um, it, it continues to be a very tight and healthy labor market. And along with all of that, a small increase in the participation rate uh, certainly seems like a lot of green signs there uh, from an employment perspective. I think looking at uh, Fed funds futures, like Stephen pointed out, we're still seeing that the market is pricing in a rate cut for later this year. And the idea of cutting rates, especially since Powell and Co. have stayed like really strong with their rhetoric that like they're going to keep at it just because they don't want to stop till soon. Um, it seems bananas to me um, that they would the idea of cutting rates later this year. Yeah. So there is a thought, right, that some of the dovishness in the press conference itself might have been Powell sort of coalescing a little bit to the market. Uh, I think we've learned over time that having a really large disconnect between market expectations and FOMC outlook leads to increased levels of volatility and uncertainty, which has knock-on effects throughout many of the financial markets we participate in. So I think that might have been a little bit of the reason for the tone in the conference was despite the Fed's continued official stance of more rate increases to come and remaining elevated, Sarah mentioned, you know, the market is pricing in cuts and it doesn't sound like for many Fed speakers, cuts are even being discussed at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That is what I have been reading to you. I thought it was interesting during the press conference, one of the reporters brought up the fact that um, in this statement for this meeting, there was no mention of pandemic, Ukrainian-Russian war, and supply chain stuff. So um, I know Chairman Powell gave some of his reasoning for that. Uh, what do you? So what do you think... Uh, will he have anything to kind of point to this year as they or is he just going to stand on the more uh, the morals of this is the policy we have going forward? We're not blaming much else in the global economy right now. Correct. I think that makes sense. I think um, they're purely focused on jobs report and inflation and getting both of those under control and outside forces aren't going to play a hand into their decisions moving forward. 
Yeah, the only place I could see that really coming into play would be where it impacts the actual data domestically related to um, consumer spending, related to jobs, related to overall GDP growth, uh, related to inflation. So it's more the knock-on effects. And I think, you know, by removing some of those individual items from the statement, um, it it does kind of maybe refocus a little bit on, you know, sort of what we're looking at. But as always, uh, any exogenous factors will certainly um, come into play if they are market moving and material like all those events you just mentioned were. Another thing I thought was interesting when I watched the press conference is I felt like this time, especially like you said, we have he has more of a dovish, the, the whole committee has more of a dovish stance, which was all last year. All you heard was hawkish, 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 you know. Um, I thought he seemed a lot more confident maybe because it seems like some of the things that they had been forecasting are kind of falling into place. What did you, I mean, I know that's pure speculation, but did you, I thought he seemed a little less stiff or tense or worried. I mean, do you, did you guys get that same feeling? And do you, if you did, do you attribute that to the fact that um, things seem to be happening the way they were hoping things would happen to get everything under control? Uh, A personal opinion here is that um, I don't know if it's that as much as, you know, now they've done something. Right. 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 If you think back to prior March of last year, before they started the hiking, there were a lot of market pundits, a lot of market participants talking about monetary policies too easy. Uh, The quantitative easing is too much. The Fed should should start to slow things down. Um, 450 basis points higher. The Fed balance sheets run off by over half a trillion dollars from its peak. Um, you know, the, the Fed has, has done a lot, um, to, to try and, uh, tighten financial conditions significantly more. Um, so I can see where maybe some of that confidence comes from as far as, you know, they are actively managing this now and they're certainly involved. Um, you know, but, but like we just talked about from an employment perspective, you know, there's really no cracks in a labor market. Uh, GDP still was strong in the fourth quarter, despite all the rate hikes. Um, and in the last month, if we added 517,000 new jobs in the country, yes, <laughs> you know, it, it's really hard to think about where do we go from here? You know, I think the, the more traditional academic levers in very simplified terms of we can raise rates that lower the, uh, lower the employment rate, right, and kind of slow the economy down, or we can cut rates and speed it up. You know, maybe we've come to a time where we're so interconnected, we're so the markets are so quick to react to opportunities that maybe some of those more traditional ways of thinking are going to be challenges going forward. In 450 basis points, and unemployment's gone down. I think the next question is: is what's next? Uh, the Treasury Department uh, began employing extraordinary measures on January 19th. Eventually, the Treasury will run out of the extraordinary measures. Uh, this date is known as X date. Right now, we're expecting it between August and October for that to fall. Uh, so again, not something that's necessarily on the forefront of everyone's minds, but something that uh, we sh- will be talking about in the future. Yeah, and I think one thing for our members, right, is the Fed has increased, right? Sarah mentioned we're anticipating another 25 basis point hike in March at this point. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion around will the Fed continue from there, right? We've talked about that here today. 
Could the Fed slow that pace a little bit? Could they go to every other meeting cadence? I think Powell mentioned that that wasn't a discussion at this point, but I think the market's already asking and looking ahead. Um, but what we think about, and from our members' perspective, you know, where they see this impact continually uh, is in their deposits. And you know, what we've heard from talking to different members, uh, from reading market research, is first quarter earnings that come out for even some of the larger banks is trying to understand what are those shifts in deposit balances, what kind of rates are our banks having to pay, um, you know, how do those banks compete, uh, again, banks and credit unions for those deposits, um, and then what deposit segments are being more sensitive. So we're hearing more anecdotally that maybe consumer deposits are stickier and lower cost, but those kind of business accounts, those commercial deposits are chasing higher rates. And so there's this interesting bifurcation of deposit betas potentially based on your bank, based on your customer base. And that has some knock-on effects on things we've talked about before, marginal cost of funds. And what does it mean to try and keep that liquidity on balance sheet as we continue to hear loan demand, while nowhere near all-time highs, loan pipelines continue to remain relatively robust. So working with members on managing liquidity on balance sheet, managing that marginal cost of funds, is something we continue to do every single day. And we encourage our members to keep reaching out to our team to help address those questions and those needs. Yes, I've heard that from our member solutions department as well. So I think, do we have any more insight or commentary about the FOMC meeting or the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl? Just one thing. Okay. If Chairman Powell is listening, all we have to say is, you can do it. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. No, I think that's relevant, totally. So no, no thoughts about the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, like, so they're going to lose? <laughs> Steven doesn't want to jinx them. Oh, so he won't even talk about it? From my perspective, as someone who's not biased towards either the Chiefs or the Eagles, I do have to say, when it comes to looking at the teams as a whole, yeah, the Eagles are better in basically every area except tight end and quarterback. Right. Yeah. yeah. So tight end and quarterback. And who's the Chiefs tight end again? Travis Kelsey. That's what really? I <laughs> Hey, I mean... I think we're really fortunate that I knew the Chiefs were even going to the Super Bowl. And the reason I knew is because I heard fireworks. You're saying offensive line, defensive line. You have to give that to Eagles. Not the head coach. Agreed. <laughs> Easy. Oh, yeah. There's, There's a lot from the coaching perspective yeah, and the yeah. training staff okay, perspective right. that goes a long way in the one game of the year that really that matters so more than any other game. I'm going to ask you this, Stephen, with what Sarah just said about her valuation of the Eagles and the Chiefs. Do you agree or disagree? That's all you got to say, because I don't want you to feel like you're jinxing anybody. I agree with the value with the evaluation of the teams. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to win 31-24. Oh, wow. We even got a score here. But what about That's you? wider. And if we want to get a little crazy under. with it, okay. I, I think Travis Kelsey might throw a touchdown pass. Really? I actually that think before? that's to the detriment of the Chiefs majority of the time. Like, don't get too cute. Just play football. Andy right. Reid's going to give Philly the Philly special. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> well, 
Well, on that note, we're going to end this episode of Bank Statements. Thank you both again for joining us. And I really enjoy our recaps of these FOMC meetings. I learn a lot. We get a lot of discussion in here. So thanks a lot, guys. Thank you to all of our listeners. We will see you next time for Bank Statements. 